Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by now. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Moore cuts back. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. It is Tuesday night. It's September 19th, 2023. Almost exactly 72 hours after the Boilermakers were defeated in an electric atmosphere on primetime television on NBC under the lights at Ross State Stadium at the hands of the Syracuse Orange by a final score of 35-20. to 20. I'm Tanner Lee. My loyal co-host Evan Webb is here with me to uh, drown our sorrows a little bit. It, we, we said last week it's always uh, more enjoyable podcasts when we're talking about a win. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, this week we're talking about a loss. That's kind of football season in a nutshell. It's kind of a roller coaster week to week. Yep, unfortunately, back to back years of talking about a frustrating loss to the Syracuse Orange. Frustrating loss indeed. Uh do you you've had seventy two hours or close to seventy two hours now to think of think about the game? Are you still more un, under the impression, like you were the other night, that it was more of a case that Purdue beat themselves than Syracuse beat Purdue? For the most part, yeah. I mean, they obviously did some really good things. Um, I'm not sure. You know, there was obviously <coughs> Garrett Schrader had some really good runs for Syracuse. You know, part of that could have been because of you know. He's really good at that's they're really good at scheming. Oh, only hundred only hundred ninety five yards on the ground, four <laughs> touchdowns, which was the yeah. uh, he rushed for more yards of an opposing quarterback uh, than anybody else against Purdue in the history of the school. So right, so obviously they did some really good things to give them a lot of credit. <laughs> you know, they they, I mean, they completely fooled not only the Purdue players but a lot, I think a lot of the Purdue fans in the stands and us included sometimes you know, the ball a couple times. But you know, when I think back about it, you know. At one point, it was what twenty-eight twenty going in the in the fourth late in the fourth quarter. We pretty had a chance to to score and tie, or at least maybe potentially tie the game. And that's after committing, you know, it's like seven fumbles, but losing four of them or whatever. So the fact that we were in the game that late, even after all those turnovers, yeah, I definitely think Purdue. You know, you wonder, you know, where Purdue could have been held on to the ball a little bit better. Yeah, I thought uh, offensively, since we're talking about turnovers, I thought this was Purdue's most efficient offensive performance yet as far mm-hmm. as just moving the ball, moving mm-hmm. the chains. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it started with that, you know, fourth down fumble by a card, you know, in the first drive of the game. Essentially, we're down, you know, <clears throat> near the goal line, which, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people are complaining. Oh, you got to get, get the three there, get the momentum. Which I mean, to some point, I agree. But I also, I mean, I like the aggressiveness of like, hey, we're we're down there. It's first drive of the game. We're at home. Like, I mean, I was cool with them going for it. Like, but obviously, you look back and you know what it could have should or you know a lot of what ifs. But um, but I just seemed to kind of set the tone for the rest of the game of just not being able to hold on to the ball. Yeah, I uh, 
I think if Purdue scores there, I mean, there's a lot of ball game left to be played, but I mm-hmm. think it's potentially a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Ryan Walters uh, had his weekly radio show tonight instead mm-hmm. of Wednesday just because of the rare short week this week playing a Friday night game instead of a Saturday game. And he said more times than not going forward on fourth one, he will probably kick a field goal now. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I know a lot of Purdue fans, especially on Knucklehead Central, are not um, agreeing with this. But, like, this is – I mean, or people seem to forget about this. He is a first-time head coach. Um, and so, you know, like it or not, we're going to be going through some growing pains with him as fans, you know, as, as he learns to, you know, these decisions – you know, make these types of decisions, whether it be, you know, going from the fourth down or <clears throat> running it up the gut four times in a row and not getting anything. Um, but, I mean – I said I had no problem with that at the time. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of physics making that I you know, really questioned that game outside of you know some, maybe some of the play call, which again could have been a Harold, could not you know could have been him. Who knows? <clears throat> but I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you take the points when you can. Um, but I mean, at that time, I really didn't care. I, I, hey, Walt- I like the aggressiveness. Walters kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit more tonight. Uh, Tim Newton asked him what he does during games since he doesn't call a pl- hold a play sheet. He said even when he was coordinator for Illinois and calling defensive plays, he still didn't carry a play sheet. It was all in his head. Really? Um, but he said mainly as a head coach what he's trying to do this year. Well, he said he has ADD first off. So he said he has to battle that during the game. But, he, you know, he's more of managing everything. Um, but when it comes to the defense, he's in constant communication, communication with Kane, trying to say, hey, I think uh, this is what they're trying to set up. Etc. Press box, right? No, he's on the sidelines, I believe. I thought Kane was up in the press box. I, I, so think, I know Harold's on the field. Um, I think I the defensive yeah. backs coach and then one offensive coach is up in the press box. Okay. I could be completely wrong. Um, but then he says, as far as offense goes, he lets Graham do his thing, except Walters does make the final decision when to go for it and not go for it mm-hmm. on fourth as down you, and as, in as different situations. Yeah. So. So that was interesting to hear him talk about. Um, he also did, because uh, Tim Newton was asking about a few questionable calls, uh, uh, roughing the passer on one instance and a pass interference, ask him if, if 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 he sent that in. He said, I can't send it in. It's ACC officials. He says, starting this week in the Big Ten, I can send things in. But he goes, our officials are better than theirs, so I won't need to. <laughs> Straight up took a shot right at the ACC officials. Yeah. Which I don't, I mean, I don't understand why. We had ACC officials for a home Big Ten game. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't get, I don't understand that because I mean that came out. I mean, at some point in the game, which really just pissed me off, and especially after those phantom DPI penalties, that's when I really just started to let everybody around me know how much I disagree with their calls. <laughs> it, um, it is National uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day. You did some of that on Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then that's uh, a sailor. Maybe um, that's more worth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that, that, yeah. did he ask or did he answer? I didn't, I didn't chance to listen to it when it comes on the podcast. Mm. Did they say why it was ACC crew? No, he didn't. And, and you know, I've seen that happen before, I but it's say, been a long time. It. It's yeah, been a long that. time. I feel like yeah. at least, but no, I, I guess I'd almost like more understand like an SEC crew, like, versus yeah. like, you know, versus having the away conference be, 
you know, unless it was like a Big Ten team, like unless we're going to like Eastern Michigan or something, like maybe like I don't know, or like going to if we played a MAC team on the road, like Toledo. Like I don't remember if we had MAC officials or if that was Big Ten officials. I have no, I don't remember back then. Um, and and if somebody knows, let us know in the comments on, on yes. Facebook or Twitter on or YouTube because because <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe maybe it's not uncommon. Maybe if you play a yeah. Power Five opponent, they bring their officials. Maybe we had Big Ten officials at. Virginia Tech two weeks yeah, ago no because you said SEC refs and what made me think I'm almost positive when we lost to Missouri in the shootout in 2018 I'm almost positive those were SEC refs because I was real ticked at the end of the game when Jared Sparks who clearly had a foot in they didn't yeah. count him yeah hmm. but yeah, I don't I mean, know I, I never yeah in the, in the moment it seemed like it was an yes. outrageous yes. decision yes. and I was not happy um, but. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I guess so, yeah, it, I guess I guess it's a little interesting that you can't send in plays. Even I mean that that's and that's over my whole gripe about just officials in general, um, which I try to realize they're human, but also at the same time, um, incompetence drives me insane. Um, like or ineptitude, or like when two officials are pointing the opposite direction on a f- fumble, and you know they're on the same page, obviously when they're pointing different directions, <laughs> that just really makes me happy. Um, really instills confidence in the fans. Um, <laughs> It needs to be some sort of like over like like the the NFL like like a central air like central hub where things can go so that they can be you know passed. I mean, I'm sure there is in, in some degree, but the fact that he can't send in plays to a game that you know those types of calls affected the potential outcome of the game, like the fact that he can't send in plays and just at least get like clarification or something like a hey, thanks for in, we'll look into it. But like, the fact he can't even send it in is um malarkey <laughs> and i know college football especially is trying to speed up the game a little bit that's why we're seeing the all first downs the clock continues unless it's under two minutes in the, in the mm-hmm. end of the half um so they're, they're probably not gonna ever do this but i would like to see them implement something where you can challenge one penalty a game or something like that whether it be yes. a face mask a hold mm-hmm. a pass interference especially which that's probably good or roughing the passer mm-hmm. uh you can challenge something i, I would like that I doubt we get that. Yeah, I guess I forgot soon. you can't do that in college. I, I forgot. I forgot you can do that. I remember you can do it in the NFL, but then I forgot you couldn't even do that um, in college either. Because I was like, I think there was. The, I think it might have been the first maybe pass interference that was kind of like, or maybe like one of the, the might have even been one of the roughing the passer. But it was like I remember my head. I was like, he got to be able to like debate that or challenge that. And I was like, then I think even you said like, oh, wait, if it was NFL, you could challenge that. Um, but yeah. It is what it yeah, because NFL they can challenge a <clears throat> pass interference, I believe. But I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody do it yet this year in the NFL. I remember mm-hmm. last year they were, but I haven't seen anybody really do it this year. I mean, and that's probably created just from the debacle of the Saints Rams NFC Championship mm-hmm. game years ago, which yeah, still was, I think the worst <laughs> no call I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, he, the dude got tackled when the ball <laughs> was in the air in the NFC Championship. Um, right. You know, a lot of Purdue fans still mad about that one because that cost yeah. Drew Brees uh, his second Super Bowl appearance. So, yeah. uh, anyways, back to the game Saturday. Uh, like like I mentioned at the top, a great crowd. Crowd was fantastic, oh, awesome. loud. Uh, the renovations, like we praised after Week One against Fresno, looked even better at night. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll look great this Friday night against Wisconsin, the Big Ten home opener. Um, but let's. Uh, Let's try to be a little positive tonight. Let's start off with some positive takeaways we had from Saturday before we get into the obvious negative ones. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, aside from, you know, obvious fumble, I thought Hudson Card looked pretty good. I did too. Um, I mean, 32 of 46 for three. He's not special according to the Knucklehead Central. <sighs> okay, that might be just a poster or yeah. two, but it's not all of them. But Yeah, I mean, 323 yards, um, one touchdown, one interception. The interception, you know, you could argue wasn't his fault because it did bounce Tipped off. around. Yep. Tipped around. Um, but, I mean, outside, I mean, it took two sacks. Um the only, I guess, I mean, obviously, besides the fumble, like the downside was we didn't have a whole lot of explosive plays. Longest pass play was 25 yards. Um, but, you know, I thought, like, like we said at the top, like he, we moved pretty efficiently, I thought. Um, he said he made some plays when we needed to. Like, I mean, the pass towards the end was awesome. Uh, or Dion made a really hell, like, you know, quite a hell of a catch. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, overall, like, I, I, what I really like about him is just how he just go through all, he goes through all of his reads and seems to just, you know, go through every option before, you know, dumping it off, you know, on an underneath route or something. Whereas if, when we kind of talked about the game together, like O'Connell would, you know, usually it was two and then he'd go and then like, you'd see a replay, like, Oh my God, that one guy, you know, maybe the third option was wide open downfield, but he never even looked his way. I feel like card does a really good job of surveying the field. And even, I mean, we saw it more and more this game, but like, you know, trying to use his leg or it's all over this game, like trying to use his legs to extend plays when we need it. Um, as much as it, it scares the crap out of me because if he goes down, this is this all goes south fast. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I, I mean, my dad asked me after the game on the drive, he drove me back to my car, but he's like, you know, I think the quarterback, I was like, I'd like him a lot. I, I do mean, too. Seeing his third game, you know, I, 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 I'm really impressed with how he's played. And, and people forget, yes, he came from Texas where he was there for two years, but he didn't have a ton of experience, right? So he's still learning on the fly. I mean, mm-hmm. and he could. He most likely won't, but he could be at Purdue three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they at least get two out of him. I, uh, yeah. I think they at least get this year, next year, um, maybe twenty twenty five. I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, it'd be nice if we didn't have a new quarterback all the time. Right. Um, but yeah, he he's got ability to extend plays, unlike a quarterback at that, unlike recent quarterbacks at Purdue. Really, I mean, David Blau could some, mm-hmm. uh, but Aiden O'Connell not so much. Jack Plummer right. and, uh, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. Sindelar, um, no. Um, yeah. even though he tried to a couple times, but he usually would get hurt. Yeah. Uh, but so, so he, he, he does a good job with that. Like I said, I think he's pretty accurate. Um, he got mm-hmm. good decision-making on pass plays, the good RPOs on. and stuff. Maybe you got to clean that up a little bit. I yeah. mean, he can't, he can't fumble the ball three times. Um, and he does have his favorite targets, but yet he still spreads the ball around mm-hmm. a lot too. That, which I like, which, that was one thing, but Aiden, of course, was throwing to Charlie Jones or David Bell a lot of times. Oh, yeah. But at times, he would almost force it to yeah. those guys to where it's like, okay, we got to get some other guys involved. Yeah. But um, it was more like, do you even trust another receiver? Like that was like the kind of question, I mean, especially like last year with Charlie Jones, because we came into the year like not like who's who's you know wide receiver one going to be like we. I mean, Charlie Jones was like kind of a thaw, but it was more like you know, we're excited to see him more in the return game, and then all of a sudden he turns into you know David Bell type player. Um, but yeah, yeah. If I thought Aiden kind of just locked in on one guy, and to the point I was just like, "How do the other receivers feel?" I mean, obviously, like they're playing next to you know an All American, but at the same time, it's like, do you feel like the quarterback even trusts their ability? Right, right. And, and not all the time. We saw in the Music City Bowl, he spread it out, right? Yeah, quite often. Well, and Brock Thompson was the hot, hot target that game mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But uh, and shout out to Chuck Sizzle, by the way, since you were talking mm-hmm. about Charlie Jones for a return to pump for the Cincinnati Bengals the other day. That was really cool. Really yeah. cool to watch. Which we saw at uh, Purdue, but also he was essentially not 
healthy the entire year. So yep, he was pretty much a fair catch guy, which was yeah, fine. That's very needed at times. Yeah. Um, other positive for me was um, Adul Raham, Raham, Raham Yassin. I still struggle oh, yeah. to say his name. That's why I just say A R Y. I just, yeah. just that, that, um, 10 catches, 114 yards. Uh, so he didn't get an end zone, but he's become a Mr. Reliable mm-hmm. for this team. They need to move the chains. He's kind of the guy they go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it was nice to see Deion Burks get back in the fold more after only having, uh, was he only targeted once at Virginia Tech? Only had one catch. Virginia Tech. That was maybe only one one catch. I guess I don't catch. Know. Uh, he had four receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. Then Max Clare, five receptions for 65 yards. Uh, redshirt freshman, I think he's going to be a stud by the time he's he gets done at Purdue. Yeah. He was one of the two player guests, him and Sanusi Kang, tonight on the Ryan Walters show. And a uh, very bright kid, it seems like. Uh, both of them. Both of them spoke very well. And and th- this team seems to have so many likable guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell they love playing for the staff. So that's really fr- yeah. refreshing to see. Um, and I thought Tyrone Tracy did some good things. We just couldn't get the ground game going. He only yeah. ended up with 38 yards on 10 carries, but he did have a touchdown. Uh, he had one reception for five yards. And then um, it didn't list any stats for kick returns. So I was going to say he had some kick returns, but it didn't list any stats. But those are the few positives. Uh, defense, Thieneman was about the only positive. He had 10 tackles, four assisted. So just another game with double-digit tackles. Talk about budding star. He's, I mean, it's the third game he's led the team in tackles. I mean, it's, it's all yeah. three games. He led all three he, games, yeah. Yep. Yep. He would be a freshman All American team, I think, right now. Yeah. So, um, other than that, uh, I mean, Cam Allen had an interception. Good for him. He's now third all time on the mm-hmm. Purdue interception list, but behind Stuart Swagger and Ricardo Allen. Good company. Those two had lengthy NFL careers. And then Sachs, we did get to the quarterback, OC Brothers, Kydron Jenkins, who I haven't heard if he's going to be a go Saturday or not, or Friday or not. Nick. Nick um, Scorton, who it says Caraway here in the box score, and <laughs> Scotty Humpich all got to the quarterback. So it was nice to get to the quarterback four times mm-hmm. um, Saturday. But besides that, the defense uh, kind of struggled. Kind of struggled. Yeah. yeah, the RPO was not kind. It wasn't kind of on any fast game on our offense or there. <laughs> or we were on defense. Um, yeah, Schrader, who, I mean, we are lucky too because there was a couple times, especially early on in the game, like where they he just missed on throws. Yeah, could have yeah. been, you know, could have made it a lot worse. In the, but we kind of saw that again like last year, and the, the same, you know, same thing kind of happens. So just kind of who who they are. But yeah, there's a couple times it was like, like his fakes. Like I mean, I told you like at the end of the game it was. I mean, the game was over, but like he had one where he could have skipped to the end zone. And he you know yeah good sport. He you know he took a dive at the thirty yard line just to kind of run out the clock. Um, or he could have used his, you know, ran it in, ran the score, ran the stats. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, that was really frustrating just not being able to contain the quarterback because we're going to run out. It's not, it's not the last, I mean, it's on tape now. So people are going to know that, you know, the teams could struggle against that. And there's a team, there's plenty of teams that have, you know, mobile quarterbacks that we're going to play this year. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Schrader passing wise only hit 14 of 28 passes for 184 yards, zero t- touchdowns, one interception. But like I said earlier, on the ground, he had 25 carries for 195 yards, four touchdowns. He averaged 7.8 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. So just really torched Purdue. 
And then on defense, they uh, got one interception, but they recovered three fumbles of the seven. Yes, Purdue put the ball on the ground seven times. Yeah. Yeah. Can't that, do that and expect to win many games. No, no. I mean, that was like, I mean, that was, that was the sexism. That was kind of the talk going into the game, the fact that Purdue hadn't turned the ball over yet. You know, we were one of, what, nine teams that hadn't turned the ball over. Yep, one of nine teams in the nation and one of two in the conference. Yep, and then – First drive was like, oh, oh, there's a first turnover. Like, oh, this guy out of the way. And then it, was, then it just kept happening. And obviously, you know, that one, the it was a fumble, but we, we were going to turn it over anyways because um, it was going to, we were not going to get a first down, um, which says that doesn't count as a turnover, technically, does it? If you turn it over on downs, it's actually, yes, like it's a, yes, it would, does, I believe. Okay. Um, I could be wrong about that. I think it does, though. And then, uh, Card just got absolutely blown up on one. Oh, <laughs> I was just glad to see him get up. Yeah, so that yeah, there was that one, and then obviously the well, he had, he and Tracy had the whatever it was the RPO that just didn't work out well, and then Mockaby had his. Yeah, it was just too yep. many out. Yeah, turnovers and penalties. Uh, penalties we didn't see really uh, mm-hmm. be a cause of concern the first two weeks. Purdue had eleven of them for one hundred twenty-seven yards. That was compared to Syracuse's nine for 105 yards. Uh, third down efficiency, Purdue converted 50% of their third downs. They were seven for 14. On fourth down, only one for four. So, yeah. Yeah, those are yeah. causes for concerns. <laughs> you can't do that. I mean, and, and, and we've talked about it kind of ad nauseum already, and I know Ryan Walters and the players did afterwards. I mean, those are things you just have to clean up. And it's not like they don't work on it. I mean, Ryan Walters said they work on ball security all the time. It's fundamentals right. all the time. But until you get in live action against an opponent, anything can yeah. happen. Um, it kind of reminds me of like when people complain about basketball team missing free throws. It's like, you know, like they kind of work on their free throws. Like you don't think a team works on free throws in practice. It's like it, it's obviously a very different scenario, you know, live, you know, live game. Um, yep. But yeah, you get like, like but kind of like you said, like until they can prove otherwise, like, yeah, there's going to be those questions. Yep. 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 Interesting note on the depth chart this week. Uh, uh, center, it's Gus Hartwig or Colton Berger, who hopefully Hartwig's uh, to go this week. I hope. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Like I guess that's short week, so hard telling. About a running back is Tyron Tracy or Devin Mockaby, which they're both getting about the same amount of carries, or they did on Saturday. And and uh, I'm a huge Devin Mockaby fan, like I think all of Boilermaker Nation is, but. He, he had a rough game Saturday night. He, he yeah. put the ball on the ground a couple times and uh, can't and do that. He, so he put the ball on the ground first game against uh, Fresno State. Fresno's first luckily, drive of the year. Luckily, we just got it back. So, yeah, I mean, that is a – I mean, can't do that as much as we like nope. him. Like, if you have that issue and you're confident up, then it's just – it's a, you're a liability. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's kind of – I mean, Walters kind of said it uh, at some point over during camp. It was like, you know, well, yeah, it's exact well, but it was like, you know, spots aren't, you know – they're not, they're not set in stone. Essentially it's like, you know, you what is like you're, you rent your spot and rents due every day. So it's like, like, if you're not performing, then next man up. Well, and you know, uh, a guy that's having turning his uh, career just around the last few years. And he's just a great story in the NFL. Raheem Mostert. A mm-hmm. lot of people want to say the coaches underutilize him at Purdue and they did to a fault. They did. Yeah. I mean, Danny Hope tried him at wide receiver and, and return. And then, Hazel actually finally tried him at running back. But Danny Hope wanted to try him at running back a couple times, but he had ball security problems. He fumbled a lot, not only in the game, but in practice. And that was one of the reasons he couldn't find time on the field. So 
Uh, and now look, he's figured that out. So, mm-hmm. uh, I guess my point being is you can be a real talented player, but when you're having mistakes like that and you're hurting the team, something, you either got to stop it or, or, or your, your play time's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Just is what it is. Uh, I mean, it's like a garden basketball. They're turning it over yeah, five to eight times a game. Right. Eventually, if that doesn't cut down your plate, you're going to be on the bench more. So right. I don't care how much you can score. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, glad the home-and-home home series is over with Syracuse. It did not go the Boilermakers' favor. Um, maybe we'll see them down the road sometime in a bowl game eventually someday. But Not to Geno Babers and being coming to Rice the last two times he's come in and beat Purdue. I used to yeah. beat three times in a row, technically, between twice with Syracuse and once with Bowling Green. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, he likes West Lafayette. I mean, he was assistant under Coletto. So, yeah. Now we know how Nick Saban feels against Purdue. <laughs> That's why Alabama hadn't scheduled <laughs> Purdue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, the Boilers uh, welcome a conference foe in Friday, a foe that has not been kind to the Boilers. A foe the Boilers have not beat since 2003 and haven't beat in Ross State Stadium since 1997. Evan and I were five years old for all the viewers and listeners out there in 1997. That's the Wisconsin Badgers. And uh, this is a little different Wisconsin team than we've seen in the past. Luke Fickle is the head coach. He is 0-1 in Ross State Stadium all-time as head coach. He was the head interim head coach of the 2011 Buckeyes when uh, a Robert Marv-led Boilermaker team beat them in overtime. And Evan and I rushed the field, which we didn't want to, but we thought we were going to get trampled, so we had no other no other choice. Um, so th- this, this Wisconsin team, they still like to run the ball downhill, but they, put, they uh, work in a lot more uh, plays in the air than they have in the last few years. It's their version of air raid. And Sanusi Kane and I on Ryan Walters show said he thinks they're pretty prepared for it because he thinks they play, they practice against a similar offense every day. Mm-hmm. So, which. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was some stat I can, I, I should have looked it up before to actually sound intelligent. Um, and it's, we you touched on, uh, it's been obviously since, 2003 since we last beat Wisconsin, but a lot of those games were not even close. Like there was only a handful of like, I got them up right here. Actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and here's the series of all time. Purdue has 29 wins to 52 losses Yikes. in this series, which at one time it was on Purdue's yeah, side. Heck, Wisconsin yeah. at one time was a laughing stock oh. of the conference. Purdue 16, 23 and three at home, 13, 29 and five on the road. They have lost 16 straight to the Badgers. Uh, let's go back since 2003 when the Boilermakers won a college game day game up in Madison by a score of 26 to 23. The next, the, the next results, 2004 was the final score was 20 to 17. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> yep. 2005, I was surprised this one was this close because this was Tiller's first team that didn't make a bowl. It was 31 to 20. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was Curtis Painter's first start. He was a yes, freshman. It was it was at Camp Randall. I remember. Yeah. I remember watching. That's the only thing I remember from that game is they like showing that he was. I, I kind of knew about him, um, but then I saw that like they showed it before the game. Like you know, he was he was warm enough about how he's a freshman. I was like, all right, quarterback of the future. Yeah, which he was, but <laughs> <It> was yeah. <laughs> I do That's remember right. this. I remember the next one at home in 2006 because uh, PJ Hill. You remember that guy? I do. He, 
He jumped pro at Wisconsin and didn't get drafted. He ran all over Purdue that day. It was 24 to 3. And I mean, I, it was one of those games I felt like Purdue couldn't even get across to 50. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even that close. I remember the 09 uh, Camp Randall game, 37 to 0. Jilly Elliott got pulled early in the game because we couldn't get anything going. And Caleb Turbush made his Boilermaker debut that day. Um, then 2010, that would have been my freshman year, 34-13 loss. Sean Robinson started that game. Yeah, I forgot he played quarterback. 2011, this game was on ABC, and it was 62-17. to 17. That was a camper, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, Crosby yeah. Wright scored early in the game. I believe it was Crosby Wright, and then Purdue didn't do anything the rest of the day. Uh, the next year at home, uh, Denny Hope's last year, 38-14. That game ended up raining pretty hard in the second half, and the stands looked like the upcoming uh, Daryl Hazel era stands did. Uh, 13 don't remember this game at all, and I'm glad up at Camp Randall. 41 to 10. Uh, 2014 at home. I remember Purdue hanging in there for a little bit, but ended up losing 34 to 16. Then up at Camp Randall, 2015 it was 24 to 7. I was actually I was in Madison for that game. Oh wait, no. Yeah, I was in Madison for that game. I wasn't at the game, 15. but I was wanting to go to the game. But the, I was—I had a bunch of friends who went to Madison, and no one, people didn't want to pay for tickets. So we went to a bar. Great town. I love Madison. Because um, there was a, there was a point in that game where it was like it was kind of close, and I was like, "Am I going to like be celebrating in a bar full of Badgers? Like this is going to be the greatest day of my life." And then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. I remember the next year, 2016. I think it was Senior Day. Purdue lost 49 to 20. I think my dad and I we either left at half or we left halfway through the third. I think and, this uh, game it was pouring down rain because I was like, I'm pretty sure one of like 30 ki- people still in the student section because it was my that was my wait that wait 2016. No, I wouldn't have been. No, I wouldn't have been. It was 20. I can't remember what year. Maybe maybe it was maybe it was against Wisconsin. There's some game where I was the only person in the student section because it was. <laughs> 800 to zero and it was raining and I was questioning every decision I've ever made up until my then but that point in my life. <laughs> I remember Drew Brees being on the TV here and you know he was helping with the coaching search and everything. So that's why everybody's like, let's just get a coach hired. Yeah. Um, then Brahms first game against Wisconsin was up in Madison at 2017, 17 to 9 loss. It was just a defensive battle. Mm-hmm. So Purdue could have had that one. Uh, 2018, definitely remember this one. This is the one Purdue should have had. 47-44, triple overtime loss to the Badgers. Jonathan Taylor ran for like uh, three bazillion yards that game. Up in Madison, 2019, 45-24 loss. Uh, at home, 2021, George Karloff, Karloff, this scoop and score. Wasn't the difference maker here, 30-13. to 13. Then last year's disappointing 35-24 to 24 loss up at Camp Randall when it was 14-0 like five minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. So with all that bad talk, maybe, finally, this is the year Purdue gets over the hump. Ryan Walters said the team's aware of it. Snoozy Kane even brought it up tonight. Walters had made them aware that Purdue's lost 16 straight. You I mean, can this go do- there are guys on the team who were not, who were not born before, the, have not seen a Purdue versus Wisconsin win. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys just, actually. I mean, think about an eighteen-year-old was born probably in, you know, what two thousand five? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two thousand four at the very, you know, you know, it's probably freshmen, sophomores that yeah. were not even that were not even sure. uh, born by the time last time Purdue sure. won. Which is, yeah, and so you know, he was stressing to the team, you can go out and do something that you won't forget for the rest of your lives, and mm-hmm. and, and and I think Purdue, yeah. Purdue fans, we're ready. We're ready. The only matchup in the Big Ten that has a longer consecutive win streak is Ohio State over Indiana. That's the only one. 
Wow. Um, they've just been produced Achilles heel. And, you know, but it's one of those things where I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Right. Because, I mean, 16 straight is just misery. Yeah, and part um, of, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, their strength has always been, you know, Purdue's weakness, which is defending the run. Because, I mean, in the part for Purdue, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, I feel like it's really hard for Purdue to um, recruit legit defensive defensive linemen and offensive linemen. Because if you're good, if you're that good, there are a handful of other Big Ten teams that are like, come here. We're an NFL factory. Like, why would you not go? I mean, if you're a graphics lineman, you get an offer from Wisconsin. Why would you not go there? Because right. they, they just send them straight. I mean, they're just like next man up going to the NFL. Like it just, I mean, I, and I totally get it. So it's just that kind of that struggle of like, again, like you have to pretty has to essentially get lucky and just develop a guy. So hopefully by his junior year, he's really, really good. Or get the occasional, you know, Gus Hartwig, who's, you know, a four star coming out of high school, but he just lives an hour down the road. So we just kind of get lucky with that. Um, so yeah, that, that's been the issue in having legit running backs and just yeah, just does not have the front seven <laughs> to defend any of it. Cause we've seen plenty of, you know, Wisconsin running backs run for a billion over the course of the last, all of them, all of them, 16 games. Um, and, and Purdue basketball really doesn't have anybody I can compare to this. Um, right. you know, I mean, there's programs that trip us, trip us up, but luckily we haven't had one that we have a long second losing streak to right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but looking at Wisconsin, new quarterback this year. He's got a great first name. Tanner Mordecai, uh, SMU transfer, who started his career at Oklahoma, I believe. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, he, uh, he he's had a pretty good college career, uh, definitely a veteran. Um, they they saw uh, a few guys leave their program at quarterback. Graham Mertz now plays at uh, Florida. So, uh, yep, yep, which they had a big win That's over Tennessee. Yep, shout yep. Yeah, uh, Mordecai is uh, he's completed 68 of his 101 attempts this year for 702 yards, only two touchdowns and also two interceptions uh, on the ground rushing. They uh, have a two headed monster. Uh, Braylon Allen Shocker. is the yeah, Braylon Allen's the one who's kind of the more known name, I guess. He's got 36 carries for 255 yards, four touchdowns, but Chez. Mel Melusi, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. I'm not positive on that. I'm I'm not very good at pronouncing names at times, but he has 40 carries for 268 yards, so he's actually their leading rusher and four touchdowns. Uh, 89 of that 268 yards came on one run this year. And then Tanner Mordecai has 22 carries for 59 yards and two touchdowns himself. So, yeah, um, the receivers aren't putting up eye popping numbers at all. Um, nobody, I mean, there's only two guys have got touchdowns and it's a uh, wide receiver heavy. Their tight ends. It looks like have only caught seven combined balls. So yeah. Were you surprised yeah. when fickle took the job at Wisconsin? Nope. You weren't. Nope. That's I, I, I figured, I mean, Cincinnati is not a, uh, even though they've had, I mean, he did a great job at Cincinnati, but it is not a. Uh, it's it's still it was still what I consider kind of a stepping stone job. Yeah. Um, and you know he sniffed around Michigan State before they hired Mel Tucker, which I'm sure they'd like a redo on that one uh, <laughs> for many many reasons. But and they offered him the job, but he did not take it because his wife did not like East Lansing, smart woman. Um, but and I think Wisconsin is a better football 
school than yes. Michigan State is. Even though I, th- I think Michigan State is an underrated football school. Yes. They're, they're just a really good basketball school. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin's a good basketball school as well, but I think they're a better football school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I think this is a – it could be looked at as a destination job, especially for a Midwest guy. Um, I mean, I think he kind of came to grips with, I'm probably not, never going to get to Ohio State job. Mm-hmm. So, hell on here. You never know. We'll see how uh, the game goes <laughs> this year. I'm not sure Ryan Day can survive three straight losses. This yeah, year. that's a good point. That's a good point. But, uh, um, and of course, I think for a while, anybody, any good coach, the Big Ten West became an intriguing option for them because mm-hmm. it's not as strong as the East. But now, of course, we're getting away from divisions and right. Big Ten still doesn't know. I don't think what they're going to do with 18 teams. Got to do something. But, yeah. I don't have faith in them at all. I mean, the basketball schedule finally came out today after waiting for ever. Um, But um, how are you feeling? How are you feeling heading into Friday night's matchup? I mean, maybe, maybe this is what we needed. Maybe moving the game to a completely different day is what we needed to (laughs) break this streak. Yeah. Um, Before Saturday, I was actually feeling pretty good. And even during the game, I was like, wow, they are struggling with Georgia Southern. Purdue may have a, a chance here. And then Purdue goes on to lose, and I see that Wisconsin eventually woke up. Carapaz against Georgia Southern. Like, well, Georgia Southern threw five picks, and in which yeah. I will say that is Wisconsin. Wisconsin plays a kind of similar style of defense to Purdue, where they're very aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, which can cause a lot of turnovers, but you can also get burnt a lot too. Right. Um, I I feel every year against Wisconsin, I'm obviously optimistic, and I want this to be the year, but. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, as we kind of said already. No, I know. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, yeah, kind of like what you said. I I mean, maybe having a really disappointing loss kind of maybe wakes up, you know, maybe after the the Virginia Tech game, you know, guys were kind of feeling themselves a little bit, hey, you know, we got the win. Like, you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe maybe they weren't as focused going into that week, you know, maybe now, but then now they kind of got, you know, quote-unquote embarrassed at home. I wouldn't even say it was embarrassing, but, you know, maybe embarrassing effort from the fact, you know, coughing up the ball seven times and, you know, getting absolutely bamboozled by an RPO, um, you know, maybe that may just really locks them in and, you know, again, maybe another night game, you know, hopefully that gets them excited and jacked up. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should have been playing Wisconsin on a different day than Saturday for the last 16 times. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And, and, you know, yeah, I was discouraged after after Saturday's game. And my, my as you can relate to, my whole sports weekend was awful <laughs> this, this past weekend. Uh, we, we, we both have those too often, to be honest. But you yeah. think, at least in my case, you think I'd be used to it, but it's, it still hurts every time. Yeah. Uh, but um, so I was discouraged. But yet, I still, like I said, I saw a lot of positive things. It just Purdue shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. So I'm not one of these people jumping off the bandwagon. For one, I'm never going to jump off the bandwagon. If I could survive the Daryl Hazel era when they won nine games in four years, I can survive anything when it comes to Purdue football. So there's plenty of season left. I still think getting to a bowl, has it become more difficult? Yes. Yes. Because I still think Purdue needs to find a way to win these next two games and have three wins at the end of the month. Yeah. But you never know what's going to happen. and. You know, it's kind of a clean slate now. It's, it's conference season. You kind of forget about the first three games. You take lessons you've learned and just try to improve week to week. I think this team's going to get better week to week. I really do, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I look for them to have a strong rush defense performance mm-hmm. um, this week. I just don't – I think they got embarrassed last week. So 
I think I think they'll pin their ears back and have a chip on their shoulder and have some uh, bulletin board material out there maybe this week. Even though I haven't seen anybody say a dumb quote or anything from the opposition, yeah. there was no uh, no um, Jay Norvell quotes out there or anything this <laughs> week, um, which almost worked for them. But yeah, um, <laughs> but it's yeah, great. it's. I was gonna say what you said, Hazel, which reminded me of just the utter stupidity we saw on yep. Twitter X, oh, whatever the hell you want to call it. Boards of like, you know, this is a Hazel like. It's like oh, shut the hell up, like, dude. Like, it's, it just blows my mind how people just like don't remember that that era or seem to forget or have like, kind of. I mean, obviously it was a terrible time. Like people, you know, I know people checked out. Like I remember my dad contemplating not even winning season tickets, which, which at the time was like. Wait, what? what are you talking about? Like, we've been, this has been my whole life. Like, when you're going to cancel your season tickets. Um, but, like, no. <laughs> like, it was not even close. Like, like the effort, I mean, like you said, like, there were a lot of good things that we saw. Um, again, shooting ourselves a foot, which, again, you, hopefully they can work out. You know, again, and I, I remember reading um, Brian Newbert's column, the, the three thoughts of, like, this team is so new. Um, with each other like this is the third game they played you know brand new head coaching staff you know a lot of players that you know have never played together before you know live games and they only played three live games together um guys who yes they came from sec schools or came from penn state but like they didn't play like there's a reason they transferred um they mm-hmm. weren't in the field um so it's not like these guys are you know bona fide starters who purdue gave them a sweet nil package deal to, to you know not it's not like a um a quarterback who went to south carolina um from Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Spencer Rattler. Rattler. He, he was like, Spencer, Spencer you know, the guaranteed starter, like, you know, and then just t- happened to transfer. Like these guys right. transfer for a reason to get a better opportunity. Um, and just like, do you not remember how awful football was? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think people do. I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, th- this like, team fought. Like, yeah. Tooth and nail. They fought back in it. Still had the ball down eight numerous times in the fourth quarter. Hazel teams were so far out of it. Sometimes after one quarter or if not one quarter, at halftime, it wasn't even – most of the yeah. time it wasn't even competitive. They were right. lost from the get-go, and it's saying something when you have your defense coordinator from that staff who's now a head coach at Notre Dame. He's doing pretty well, and his offensive coordinator was on that staff. It wasn't all those – all those assistant coaches weren't bad. It was the man in charge was so clueless, and the players were so checked out at that time and so used to losing, it didn't matter what they what they did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. no, people don't remember how bad it was, and, and, no, d- and we don't want to ever remember again no. how bad it was. Yeah, yeah, it's, but yeah, that was that, that was you know, people who were jumping off like this is you know another Hazel hire, just like just shut the hell up. Like I mean, yes, I, I know like it's different now, like with transfer the one time transfer rule and you know NIL and all that, like how yes you can build teams quicker, um, but again, like this, I mean. It's you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> just like, shut up. Like, I don't even, you know, shut your mouth. I don't know. Um, stop, you know, maybe touch some grass, get off online, like, get off the computer, get off your phone. Um, well, and that's why I like to let uh, it breathe a little bit. I, you know, I'm yeah. glad we're starting to do this podcast. It seems like Tuesday might be our landing night more mm-hmm. weeks than not. And I like that about 72 hours after the game because even though you, you get some great reaction right after the game or even 24 hours after the game, sometimes it's, it's, you're jumping to conclusions and saying things that a few days later you're looking eh, now that I let that breathe a little bit, I think differently. So yeah. yeah. And, and I know we're probably two of the more optimistic fans at times mm-hmm. out there, but 
but uh, doesn't mean we don't get frustrated. Doesn't mean we don't get frustrated. Uh, well, you want to dive into some Big Ten games? Let's do it. And do some predictions. Uh, we got one here at noon up in the big house. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is back, everybody. And they take on the Scarlet Knights, who uh, are 3 0. So it's 3 0 against 3 0. Uh, Michigan's 24 point favorites in this one. <laughs> yeah, Rutgers took care of business against Virginia Tech 35 to 16, which was not, was not happy to see that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Blame the rain. Um, I think, yeah, they're going to be fired up with Harbaugh being back. Yeah. Even though it's not like he was in freaking jail or anything, like he screwed up. It's not like, yeah, he's not wasn't dead. Um, but they're gonna be, you know, whatever you have to do to get yourself psyched up. I think they're gonna absolutely destroy yep. Rutgers, and I feel bad for Rutgers. I, I agree with you there, but hey, Rutgers three wins right now. I think they feel yeah. pretty good about themselves because they have they still have Wagner, they have Northwestern, they have Indiana. They they might go bowling this year. So Florida Atlantic at Illinois. This is a 3-30 game. Illinois is a 15-point favorite. It should be noted, Florida Atlantic's quarterback, Casey Thompson, former Texas Longhorn and Nebraska Cornhusker, tore his ACL on Saturday's game. So he's out for the season, which really sucks for him. Um, I like the line in this one. Yeah, they need this one badly after you know a terrible performance against uh, Kansas and then just getting boat raced by Penn State, which, I mean, no, I mean, Penn State's legit. Uh, playoff team um but i think illinois get, gets back on the win column and for everybody out there that might not already be aware the purdue illinois game is a 330 kickoff next saturday the 30th for homecoming, homecoming on peacock on the peacock <laughs> um originally i think it was going to be a night game on nbc but it's been flexed which that's that that is the downside of having so many tv partners out for the big 10 that mm-hmm. stuff can happen more more often than not now so yeah, especially after a loss. <laughs> yes, yes. Which Illinois didn't help either, but getting boat no, raced by Kansas no. and, and Penn State. Yeah. So, yeah. And darn near losing Toledo. Uh, Louisiana Tech travels to Lincoln to take on Nebraska, who had a uh, Matt Rule's first win over Northern Illinois. Nebraska's 20 point favorites. What was the score of that? I didn't even see the score of that game 35 11. That's a w- 11. That's an interesting football. Uh, Nebraska rolled with a different quarterback. They benched oh, Jeff did. Sims. Okay. Yeah. Smart. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Nebraska. I'm saying Nebraska covers, but barely like 24. Yep. Yep. I think I predict. I actually, I think I had them three and one after their non con or their not well. They've played, they opened up season against. Minnesota. I had them three and one after four games. I think I had them beating Colorado in my preseason predictions, but that did not come true. All right, Big Ten games. Um, well, we got another. I'm just going by time. But we got some other non-conference, but here is a Big Ten game. Three and zero Maryland at two and one Michigan State. This game's three thirty. Maryland is a seven and a half point favorite. Michigan State uh, officially fired head coach Mel Tucker yesterday, as they should have. Um, they told him to tuck off and leave. <laughs> so uh, what? How much money did he lose out on? Ninety. A lot. Was it nine? Was it seventy or ninety million? Something like that. I think it was seventy. Now originally, yeah, yeah. it was like uh, ninety last year. I don't know. Which yeah. was a stupid. Well, he yeah. did good one year. Let's hurry up and give him a huge contract. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I like the, I like the Terps. Yeah, too much going on in East Lansing. Yeah, yeah I think, and Maryland's. I think Maryland's. I mean. A sneaky team in the East, like who they're fast, could potentially ruin you know one of the big threes, you know, playoff uh, chance. Yep, 
Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll grab. I like that prediction. I think they do beat one of those three some yeah. somewhere down down the line this season. They're fast, they're athletic, and Michigan State honestly might not win another game. It wouldn't shock <laughs> me. It wouldn't yeah. shock me. Minnesota at Northwestern. Uh, Minnesota's eleven and a half point favorites. Uh, both these teams got shellacked on the East Coast. Uh, Minnesota at North Carolina ranked. Northwestern at Duke ranked. Yep, uh, Minnesota. Northwestern's yep. terrible. <laughs> yeah, I I really don't think they win another game. Um, Akron at Indiana. Indiana <laughs> fought pretty hard against the uh, Fighting Jeff Brahms, yeah. but uh, came up on the uh, losing end. side. Both of these teams are one and two. Indiana's a sixteen point favorite. This is one of four night games in the Big Ten, but I bet it is the least watched. <laughs> I'm surprised it's only 16. I guess I guess Indiana has struggled to score the score. Um, I was to score the ball like it's freaking basketball. Um, I hope they struggle to score the ball this year in basketball. Um, <laughs> but um, I, they've just found the quarterback in uh, Tavon Jackson, uh, TJD. Yippee, another Jackson to get through for against. Yep. against. Um, seemed to play pretty well. I saw something about how like his uh, – was it – Pro football focus, whatever, like his rating for that was like the highest since Michael Penix, you know, a couple years ago. So they're uh drew for that. Um, because you know, Jeff Bromstein always had stout defenses. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think they rolled by yeah, I think they easily could easily double that spread. Yeah, I think they do too. And then they go to Maryland next week. So mm. um CBS night game here. I th- I'm assuming it's a whiteout in in in, uh, De- in uh, Death Valley there. Um, Happy Valley, not Death Valley. Death yeah, Valley is LSU. <laughs> That's LSU. I knew it didn't sound right when it came out. Happy <laughs> Valley and in uh, um, Penn State there. 24 ranked Iowa at number seven. Penn State. Penn State's a 14 and a half point favorite. 7:30 CBS. CBS night game. I think, oh man, I really want to pick Penn State to just absolutely dominate. But I mean, Iowa's got a defense. I mean, they've always had defense. He's got uh, good defense, good special teams. I just their offense won't be able to keep no, up. Yeah, they can't keep up. Um, I th- I'm gonna say Penn State wins right around like that 14 to 17 range. I, I like that. I think that's pretty yeah. safe. And then the game of the weekend around college football, college game day, as it should be, even though these two fan bases are some of the most annoying fan base, two of the most annoying fan bases out there, two of the most delusional fan bases at times out there. Number six, Ohio State at number nine, Notre Dame, 730 NBC. Ohio State is a three-point favorite. I was shocked to see them a favorite. Were uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess they've – I mean, they've – they weren't impressive against Indiana. Yes, they won twenty-three to three, but like they couldn't. I mean, maybe Indiana's defense was pretty good. Who knows? But I mean, from what I sounded like, they just weren't very impressive. And you, you beat two cupcakes. Um, maybe they found something. Um, maybe they've kind of found their footing. Um, but I remember like, after the first, <laughs> it was after the first game. Um, I have a friend who's a Notre Dame fan here in Indy, and we were talking about the game. I was like, I think Notre Dame's going to roll them. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, being especially being at home. I hope it doesn't happen um, because, well, I'm thankful I don't live in Northern Indiana anymore and get all my news stations out of South Bend. Um, but I think Notre Dame wins, and I think they win by double digits. Wow. I, I think Ohio State wins this game. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I and maybe that's that's the Notre Dame hater in me. So yeah. I think Sam Hart, I think Sam Hartman's legit. Um, 
I like him a lot better than whoever or the Kyle McCord or whatever Ohio State's got back there. Um, yeah, I I mean I have not watched I mean, I've not watched Ohio State just have just seen what I you know the box scores mm-hmm. just kind of wrote on Twitter, but I would not be surprised, especially as being in in South Bend. I yeah I think Notre Dame rolls. Ohio State squeaked by last year against some when they played in Columbus. Ohio State did not play their best football by any means. I. I don't know. The Big Ten fan of me just thinks they break out and have their best game of the year Saturday. And yeah. in the Big Ten fan of me thinks yeah. the Big Ten fan of me thinks Notre Dame would be the fourth best team in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, behind, I, I think Penn State's the best. I really do. I think Penn State is the best team in the Big Ten. So. She hasn't played anybody yet. Right. 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 Um, right. So yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I want Ohio State to do well because I wanted to see. You know those three teams absolutely battle it out. I think it'd be a lot more. I think it'd be a lot more fun than just seeing Michigan and Ohio State do it. Um, so hopefully Ohio State wins. But um, yeah, which feels dirty even saying that. Yes. But yes. but yeah, this is one of the only times I'll do for Ohio State. Um, top twenty-five games around the country. We'll pick a few here. Number four, Florida State goes on the road to unranked Clemson. Florida State is a two and a half point favorite. What the hell is this game on my thing? Oh, there it is. Wow, it's, right. it's a noon game. The second no. one. Um, yeah, what the hell's going on with Clemson? Um, I think Florida State, yeah. It's close. Yeah. I mean, obviously, two points spread, but I think they win by the touchdown. I like Jordan Travis. I think Florida State ends up making the playoff. Yep. Number 15, Ole Miss travels to number 13, Alabama. Nick Saban's crew's only a seven-point favorite against uh, one of his former uh, protégés in Lane Kiffin. Yeah, <laughs> Alabama's it's a, they're in an interesting spot. Yes, they are. And by that, I mean they're not the best team by far <laughs> they have been for the past decade or however, however long it's been. Um, just to be there, I'm going with the Lane train in this one. That'd be huge because they would put – I mean, Alabama's season would be over. Um, yeah. For them, which yeah, we've never been in that position. Like, and we probably never will. To where this is what chats me about Notre Dame fans. They lose two games. I know so many Notre Dame fans that don't even watch them after that. Yeah, it's like yeah, I I, I can't fathom. No, like we lost one game. Like, well, season's over. It's like <laughs> just, just, if I mean, we went ten and two, which we still could. Yeah, we'd burn Rossi to the ground. <laughs> we'd have to build it all back up with new renovations. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying Evan and I for those out there. I'm just saying like fan base as a whole. But I'm not not saying it either. So. <laughs> um, I will be watching this one on Saturday. Number 19, Colorado at number 10, Oregon. Oregon's a 21 point favorite. <laughs> Hate watching is what you mean. Um, That's yeah, what I do uh, with Notre Dame every week. And yep, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, Ducks roll. Oh, quack, quack, quack. I am. If I could buy an Oregon shirt just for Saturday, I would. Especially um, the fact that, um, was it Travis Hunter? Is yes, yeah, out three weeks. Yeah, which, three weeks. That's a huge which is too bad. That was a, yeah. that was a dirty hit by Colorado yeah. State, but oh, Colorado somehow survived. I mean, impressive 98 yard drive and then the two point conversion to take it into overtime, but they somehow survived that game. And Colorado State outplayed them for a majority of that game. Mm-hmm. And my wife may have had a a little wager on that, which she could have won some nice money. So we were pretty disappointed after that game. Yeah, uh, but yeah I think the I, I think I think the Ducks do roll, and I think USC gets Colorado next week, which has already been announced. A Fox Big Noon game, which Colorado fans, Colorado fans are whining though though they like the spot 
of being the Fox, you know, primetime game, they hate that it's a 10 o'clock kickoff. Right. Because it is for them. Yeah. So, but. I guess, I mean, they, they put it on the road already. Like, this will probably be their first, like, legit, like, legit environment to be in, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they haven't played. They played at TCU, host Nebraska, yeah, okay, t- host Colorado TCU. State. It's legit, but, yeah. It's no Oregon, though, I don't know. No, think. no. Which I didn't realize is smaller than Ross Aid. Yeah, it's tiny, but it gets loud there, and it, yeah. it, you know, the trees echo, and and that is one nice thing about Washington and Oregon and USC and even UCLA joined the Big Ten. Some bucket list, yeah, stadiums for uh, Purdue fans to visit now. Finally going so. to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the Rose Bowl, number twenty-two UCLA travels to Utah to take on eleven ranked Utes. Utah is a four-point favorite. Go Utes. Yep. I like this Utah team. Yeah. I like this Utah team. Interesting one here as these two teams are the only two teams in the Pac-12 that don't have a home (laughs) uh, starting next year. Number 14, Oregon State travels to number 21, Washington State, but the Beavers are a three-point favorite. I I like this Oregon State team. Thank God we played a couple years ago and not (laughs) this year. Yeah, they became really good last year, and then now they have DJ blah, 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 blah (laughs) as their quarterback. Ugalele or whatever his name is. I can't pronounce it. So Clemson, I bet Dabba wishes he had him back. So, yeah, I like the Beavs. I like the Beavs. Um, anyway, number three, Texas gets upset at Baylor. 15-point favorites. I don't think so. I think this Texas team is a little different than the previous years. I think they've – now that they've kind of gotten through – I mean, I mean, the fact they got through Alabama, I think now they've, they've got their eyes – locked in of trying to get to that playoff spot. I wouldn't want to be UAB this week, traveling to between the hedges. Uh, Georgia's going to be mad by barely squeaking that game out against South Carolina last week. And they're 42 point favorites over <laughs> UAB. So, you, Hey, can you, can you tell me who the UAB coach is, Evan? It is a Super Bowl winning quarterback in our lifetime. Um, Super Bowl winning quarterback in our lifetime. First time he's been a head coach. Why was the first thing in mind Trent Dilfer? It's it not. is Trent Dilfer. <laughs> it is Trent Dilfer. It is Trent Dilfer. Good pull. Yeah, I was just like, my first one. My first one was Kurt Warner. I was like, no, because that's like, all Trent Dilfer's known for is winning one Super Bowl and doing right. like nothing else. So, and I mean, he had a he had a great defense. It's one of the best defenses ever. Eighty-five Bears, fifteen Broncos. Oh, that would be oh, two Ravens are all in the mix. Well, I threw the Broncos in there because I'm biased. But. Yeah. <laughs> all right, one more game here. Number 17, North Carolina, seven and a half. Coach at UAB this year? He, this year, yeah. yeah. Wow, I yeah. never saw that. Yeah. Good for Trent. Yeah, good for Trent. Number 17, North Carolina, seven and a half point favorites at Pittsburgh. Only seven and a half? Who's Which Pitt's really play? surprised me because yeah, Pitts played lost. They Cincinnati. just lost to West Virginia, didn't they? In the backyard brawl, because yeah, Neil uh, Brown is starting to save his job at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I think they cover easily. I like Drake May. He's going to be a he or Caleb Williams will probably top quarterback taken in the draft. Probably probably Caleb Williams, but he's pretty good too. Uh, if your Bears looking for a quarterback, they better not go with the North Carolina guy. Better not go with the North Carolina guy. No, 
So, uh, but uh, lastly, Purdue, Wisconsin, Friday night, seven thirty, Fox Sports One. Who do you got? I want, I want, I want winner. We want a score prediction, winner, MVP, and then we'll do our our next segment before the sponsor reads. I'm surprised it's only six. No, well, it's went up since it opened. What at two and four? a half, three? Yeah, yeah. And then something like that. And or maybe it was, was five and a half yesterday, so it's already went to six. I, I thought it was. I saw it was seven, at least on ESPN. Uh, oh, okay, like Sunday or Monday. Um, I mean, why not now? Why not now? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag the time is now. Friday. Maybe maybe that's the motto. Maybe that was the motto this year. The time is now. Just for this game. Are, are we going to hazel it? Are we putting all our eggs into the basket? I swear to God, if we say this in Hudson Cars, there was a pick six in the first play of the game. I'm walking out of Ross A. <laughs> um, um, yeah, boiler up, baby. Um, oh, man. Score. Uh, I don't know how this score's going to happen, but 31 to 30. Oh, oh boy. Just like Ben Jones in 03, game winning field goal. <laughs> oh, I'm about that to would cry. Suck. He's thinking about it. For the fact. And where we sit, we can't tell if it goes in. We have to rely on this on the people behind the 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 uprights to tell us if it goes in because we're not watching the we're not watching the jumbotron and we can't our angle. We just can't even tell. Even for, even in the salvage zone, we can't even tell. So it's just like the the thought of sitting there, especially if it's like on our end, we we literally just can't see. <laughs> I throw up. So I literally up. am nauseous right now yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, which, um, which which I do want to. I know Rehill missed that extra point, which was too bad. And he, he should have still made it, but the laces were out. People mm-hmm. get off his back. Laces were out. That's the oh, holder's fault. Spin oh. that thing. Spin um, that thing. MVP uh, bounce back game. Mock train. Devin Mockerby. I like that. I like that. Well, I am actually gonna go against the Boilers with my prediction. Maybe it's a little reverse psychology. You know, maybe I'm trying something out here. I'm yeah. trying something. I don't do this very often, but it's really one of those things. And I can't believe it till I see it. Right. Um, but even if the Boilers come up on losing, I think it's close. Yeah. I will go 24-20. Badgers, MVP for the Boilers. Maybe this is just me hopeful that the guy's getting back in the rhythm, gets more plays. Garrett Miller. I um, want more 88 out there, even yeah. though I could go with Max Claire because he's been a stud. But, yeah, I mean, this, this, Garrett Miller is a guy that NFL scouts just have been drooling about, the guy they want to talk about. So there's something there with him. I, I just I want to see it. I want to see it. So, um, all right, last segment for football at least. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to – I don't know what I want to call this segment, but I, I'll have to think of something for next week. But uh, I want your uh, bold, spicy prediction for Friday night. I'm going to regret this one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to regret this one so badly. Um, Wisconsin is not 100 yards. I like it. I was going to say 150, but I was like, that's still a lot. <laughs> so that's – I was originally going to go 200, um, but 
just because they've done that, but I'm going to say 100 yards or less. 100 yards or less. Okay. Purdue gets three interceptions. On defense, right? Not, not our offense. On defense, <laughs> yes. They don't throw – Hudson doesn't throw three. Purdue takes it away three times, and everybody gets free IHOP <laughs> three different times, which I missed, missed the, code the code for. The code, yeah. Didn't know there was going to be a code, so – now, for that, uh, before the game, when they said that, I thought they said, and I, I swear I read it, and I swear I heard it, was said, anytime Purdue kicks off, I was like, we're getting free pancakes because they're kicking <laughs> off the game. Well, this is the dumbest deal ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be, a, that would be that, like that bar in Wisconsin that did the Aaron Rodgers yeah. thing. Bunch of. Well, actually, that was good for the bar. It was stupid for the patrons yeah. there because yeah, fell for it. So, yeah, but I'm sure they're mad that they did that for every game now since Rogers is out. Um, oh, they did for they, every game? Uh, yeah, every Jets game the rest of the season or every Jets home game. Yeah, there, there was more than just that game. They oh, were planning to do it like every game. Nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might be bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little basketball before we wrap yeah. things up. Uh, Big Ten schedule came out today. Finally, after waiting and waiting, I felt like Judge Smales <laughs> off of Caddyshack. Well, we're waiting. Um, what were your thoughts? I'm pulling up right now so I can remember what I was thinking earlier. Um, come on, Twitter. Come on, X. <laughs> oh, for the love of God, load. Um I didn't mind Purdue's first two games. Well, we have at North was it at Northwestern and home against Iowa. Is that what it is? Um, yes, yes. So they could try to get revenge on Northwestern right away. Yep. Um, I like that we're at Maryland during break without their students. Um, see if I can pull it that. up for everybody to see here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, we start out, you know, at at Northwestern. Um, December 1st, or two December games are at Northwestern, home against Iowa, um, at Maryland, January 2nd. So, again, like, I like that over, we're over their break. So, not as many students because we know how that game ended last year. Oh, don't like not, you know, having Illinois come to town. Right. Students just, I mean, that game will be sold out anyways. I'm not really worried about that. It's just obviously all of them will be. Yeah. yeah but different with the paint crew there. Um, Indiana game at, I'm already nervous. <laughs> I like it when we play at Bloomington first, and I do too. And in return to Mac, I know it didn't go in our favor last year, but I I, I like that more than the opposite. Yeah. Um, they after Martin. So this is the after having back to back years of Martin Luther King Day games. Uh, we're now the game at the day after, which that could have been cool to play them. You know, the day of. Um, I would have definitely have to take off work because there's zero chance in hell that I would have had any sort of. Uh, <laughs> it would have been a. Efficient in my job at all that day. Um, I mean, back to back, you know, tough games. Nice, but we don't really have any any more than like two back to back. I think we only have one back to back road stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is, we do. Illinois is a quick turnaround both times. It is as far as days, three day yeah. turnaround. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean that. Um, 
I think you're that March 2nd game, Michigan State, obviously people are already starting to circle. That could be, you know, that could be a deciding game. It's the only matchup against Michigan State this yep. year. So. Which obviously is, you know, arguably the biggest, if not second biggest game um, in Mackey every year if we have it. Um, yeah, Michigan State, uh, one thing I read that they, they go to Mackey and to Assembly Hall in the same like week, so that's a that's a tough stretch uh, for them. Don't so Purdue's last four is tough, in my opinion. Yes. At Michigan, that's my wife's birthday, so that's gonna be great. Uh, Michigan State at home at Illinois and Wisconsin home. That's yeah, that's Michigan, a tough I mean, four. Wisconsin's gonna be good. I think people are. I was sleeping on a nice. I remember really paying what attention people are saying about basketball yet. Um, but I mean, that's legit. We, we didn't play Wisconsin at home last year, did we? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. We, we barely beat them on the road. Cause, yeah, because that was the game that we clinched officially clinched mm-hmm. uh, to win the Big Ten. I, I think of a kid like Connor Sejan, who's from Indiana. You know, technically didn't get a Purdue offer. Not that we didn't want to, it's just we didn't have the room for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in a classic game of Indiana. You know, kid like that going off for <laughs> twenty. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But I mean. Any more these days, it's just like it's tough to know what's going on. Um, it is. Like January 28th game at Rutgers scares the crap out of me just because it's at Rutgers. <laughs> sure. I mean, it'll be Cliff Amore versus Zach Eady. Um, it's always a fun, fun matchup. Um, so, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, on this, and this, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's Big Ten. It's going to be brutal. you gotta have your got to have your ups and downs. I don't – I would be surprised if Purdue runs away with the conference like they kind of did last year. Um, yeah, say it's is they're gonna be legit. Should they're, be, should yeah. be at least. I mean, every year they're ranked pretty high, and yeah. last couple of years they've kind of struggled. But there'll be some other really good, good teams in the conference. And and I'll, I'll say it right now, and I'm gonna stop sharing my screen here. I'll say it right now, and I know we're not really deep into talking basketball yet. That's still a little over a month away to dive more deep into basketball. But Purdue will not have as good of a non-conference record as they have going into the conference season this year. They're going to drop a few early. and Just like I'm telling people right now in football, don't panic. Yeah. Just be patient. Yeah. It might not be. I mean, this team, let's be honest, this team could go undefeated. Win the Big Ten, win the Big Ten tournament, doesn't matter. Right. Because it's going to come down to what do they do in March, and that sucks. It really does because there's a lot more to a season than just what happens to in March. But unfortunately, nowadays in college basketball, that's the only thing that really matters. Mm-hmm. It sucks, yeah. but I mean, kind of like going kind of. I mean, obviously, it reminds me a lot of two years ago uh, when Jaden was a sophomore. I think the hype of this team is much bigger just because you got returning national player of the year, Zach Eady, um, and we didn't know Jaden I was going to be that good coming into a sophomore year. I mean, we knew he was probably going to be potential. It was like, you know, he could be a lottery pick, but then it came into he's a, he, you know, he's in talks of potentially being a number one pick. I mean, it was never probably really legit, but there was like people like he could be a number one pick. Like if the right team, you know, gets that, gets that first slot. Um, So I think, yeah, the, which hopefully now some of these guys have been through it twice now, you know, the pressure. So hopefully, you know, take it head on. I've heard Brian even talk about it. It's like, you know, people trying like, oh, you know, oh, I don't read, you know, I don't really worry about that stuff. It's like, why not? Like, I mean, he embrace it. Yeah. He always, he talks about, you know, Duke and what, 20, 2009 to 2010 when they came to Mackey of like, you know, that's, 2008. 2008. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's, that's every game for Duke. Like that's yep. you know, huge for mm-hmm. us. 
wrestling. Oh, this is the craziest match he's ever been. It's yep. like, you know, it's every yep. game for you. And that's kind of yep. how, like, you know, this team that have been number one, it's like, you know, whenever a number one team or top five team goes into an opponent, like, that place is crazy. It's like, okay, you've done it for two years now. Like, yep. expect it. Like, just take it yep. head on. Yes. It's, yeah. Yep. Of course it's going to be like this because we're, we're a good team and, you know, just yep. embrace it, embrace the challenge. But yep. I'm excited. You are the, you are the hunted now. Yeah. So, yep. And hopefully, yep. um, I'm, I'm trying to go into the thing of it as we get into it, like, just, yeah, taking it, you know, just enjoying the ride because, most likely last year we're going to see Zach Eady. Um, you know, we're going to get we're going to one year Lance Jones. So I had to see him. And, you know, it's the only time this team can be together, this exact team. Yep. So just enjoy the ride. Yep. Well said. Well said. Well, before we close out the program, we better let everybody know the two sponsors that make this podcast possible. And one of them is Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993, and they're located in the heart of West Lafayette and well-known as the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever Evan, myself, or Andrew visit, we like to sit down and have an ice cool beer by trying out their latest pizza of the month, which for the month of September is Rob's Bourbon Chicken. Topped with lots of chicken, topped, tossed in bourbon sauce, onions, celery, mozzarella cheese, and toasted with, finished with toasted sesame seeds, starting at just fourteen dollars. And if you stop into the boiler, to the boiler, wow, <laughs> stop into Mad Mushroom. I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm excited to talk about Mad Mushroom. Tell them the boiler breakdown sent you, and you get five dollars off. Any order over $20. And you can also do that online. Just type in discount code BREAK5. I got it right here for our viewers on Facebook and YouTube. That's B-R-E-A-K-5, all in caps for $5 off any order over $20. That's at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And hey, every I mean, every night, every day, every night's good for pizza, but especially Fridays. Mm-hmm. So... Before you're heading into Ross Aid, if you're going to the game, swing by Mad Mush, get some pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, beer. Use that discount code. Tell them the weather breakdown sent you. You get $5 off your order. Or if you're not even going to the game, take some back to your crib. Enjoy the game from the comfort of your, of your couch by eating some great food from Mad Mush. Evan's got a good-looking shirt on tonight. I got a good-looking shirt and a good-looking hat on. Evan, where'd we, where'd we get these? Fine looking pieces of clothing from the shop. As we said, they're back for year three with us, which is awesome. Love having them. Uh, love this place. Uh, the shop's been bringing sports and hometown apparel to fans since 2011. Purdue did not beat Wisconsin that year. Uh, from our humble beginnings in, in got smoked. <laughs> from their humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find them at their two retail stores and online. They make comfortable shirts that makes everybody happy. Located in Carmel and Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis locations in Broderpool, as well as online at theshopindy.com. They make the best shirts, period. Next time you're shopping online, use code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your entire order. Yes, take advantage if you have not mm-hmm. on, your, on your first order there from the shop. Like you said, Evan's got the Ross H shirt on. I got the old Purdue Pete uh, football. Sale in hat. Too. Um I think today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, they're having a sale in honor of upcoming homecoming. If you order today, you should be able to get it by next weekend. I'll pull it up. Um, it's not our code, but you also get you, you do get 25% off in this code. Um, yeah, 25% off Purdue items for T-shirt Tuesday. Purdue's homecoming is September 30th. Order now and sure delivery by game day. There you go. There you go. Can't beat that. Any final closing thoughts there, Webby? Before we uh, tell everybody goodbye until next week. 
Uh, Purdue was one and two at this point last year. Um, so mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, obviously, a very different team, different coaching staff. Obviously, you know, no different schedule, same, different everything. Different schedule, yeah. But um, you know, again, you know, I remember last year people jumping off, you know, wrote them off, wrote off, wrote off Brom and all that. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, not saying we're gonna turn around and win the Big Ten West, but it, hey, you never know. This team could gel. Um, that's why it's, Big you know, Ten West is open. Yep. I mean, college football, I mean, remember these are 18 to 22 year olds. So week to week, you never know what the hell can happen. So let's go out and beat those stinking badgers on Friday. Yep. We don't need no stinking badgers. <laughs> let's boiler up, hammer down, beat those badgers. Boiler up, 